Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, rockin' time is here. That's right, we're talking about an episode of Chips from 1983 <laughs> on the show that used to talk about horror films, Kill My Kill. Uh, this is Patrick. Uh, you know me because you subscribe to our Patreon, and that's what the show is for. It's exclusively for our patrons. And uh, this month we're, we're talking about episode three of season six of Chip, or episode four. Uh, it's called um, Rock Devil Rock, and it stars um, a whole cavalcade of very interesting people. But before we get to them, of course, there's only one person I trust that if I put her in charge of smaller children to make sure that they're not given jelly candy with broken glass in it, she'll just choose children your her same age to walk around the neighborhood <laughs> or so says the highway police the one the only gina radcliffe how are you doing today gina i i am so happy to be talking about this <laughs> it just hits so many buttons for me <laughs> oh man it is choice i could not believe uh, and i think this is true whenever i revisit you know something i used to watch as a child how languid the pace is oh yeah okay. yeah it just the all the pinter pauses between everything and how many times people just look at one another like da da look da da and, and yeah look. and how often people who have jobs yeah. aren't ever doing those jobs no they're, they're just standing around talking just sitting around a big bowl of candy corn yakking it up <laughs> Can't and it's and like, eat? if you're off duty, and, yeah. and, you know, I realize that they may be off duty. Do you not have homes to go to? You know, spouses, spouses to make love to? <laughs> I mean, he's living like what's-his-face from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> I did not know that we would find a Once Upon a Time in Hollywood reference in this episode. But yes, one of the highway patrolmen here, whose nickname is hot dog is that his name because uh, yes, it's not, it's, it's not john anymore this is like this is the last season and 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 looks and sounds like the last season of a tv show yeah everyone has given up here yeah um, you know, you know eric estrada is, is basically king shit and everybody yeah. knows it and and <laughs> so they get some other anonymous blonde guy to, to replace the other anonymous blonde guy yes um yeah the, the actor's name was tom riley and he was the third blonde i believe they put into this role because eric estrada was the king of the walk i suppose but he had been introduced as a motocross guy whose nickname was hot dog and they just they just add him to the police force as one does yeah well once you have motocross qualifications it's a sideways move into the chp so does that mean like if, if like someone sees me you know putting on a band-aid particularly neatly they're going to recruit me to become an emt yes on chips yes okay. that is what's gonna there, happen there's that there's there's that uh there's that much loss for employees yeah no they uh, you can see that they don't have a lot of patrolmen about it seems a because very... they're all hanging around the, the 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 headquarters all the time yeah yeah and also they don't solve a lot of highway crimes on chips this is the <laughs> no, they always definitely been the, don't do they <laughs> no i mean i remember this vividly you have to remember when you know when this show came on um you know 
this has been one of those uh, things that I watched as a wee child. Like I had no concept of what actual police would do versus highway patrolmen. But the thing about chips that was so big for me was that they, the first couple seasons were filmed on the brand new two freeway, which connected the 210 to the 134. And they had just finished it, but it was not open to the public. So while they constructed uh, other parts of it, Chips was allowed to film there. And so it was, that was just above where we lived. So I was like, you know, you could look up into the mountains and there was Chips happening just close to me. And it never registered to me that the vast majority of the cases that they cover are not highway related. No, just, like the, the like the LAPD doesn't seem to exist in the, in this universe. No, the sheriff's department does not exist in this. It, it just they patrol everywhere. They're just like combing through neighborhoods. Get on the fucking four hundred five and do your job. You, you, the word the word highway is right, <laughs> in your, is right in your job title. Yeah, highway does not mean highway and parts of Burbank. Get the fuck <laughs> on the one thirty four and do your job, Ponch. Well, I, I think that they realized after the first season that you know, you can only have so many like you know cut breaks and and you know carjackings, and they're like, well, we need to make this more interesting. <laughs> Yes. I mean, and they're at their limits here uh, of as far as highway crimes they can investigate. <laughs> um, so let's get, I mean, as we said, this is again, the la- I think the previous one, when we did Quincy, that was the last season. Yeah. Yeah. We, we should only talk about <laughs> TV shows in their last season. They've just given up. See, see, we're spoiled we're spoiled now by like last seasons like of like you know leftovers and right. shows like that where they really just kind of you know make that one last ditch effort to you know you know, leave the audience wanting more you know back in the 80s like these shows were just limping over the finishing line well they had no fucking competition like yeah i mean you, if you look at like like happy days and and all they're just like you know two seasons earlier they're like yeah we don't give a shit anymore yeah they're, they're just filling in empty spots. They're just hoping for a poochie to come along and rescue them. You know, at some point when you have like, like, like Mr. Rourke on Fantasy Island, like feeding the literal devil, you know, just, just, <laughs> just call it a day. Because you have now suggested that he has God almighty. Where I, do you, where do you go from there? Is our next episode that we cover the Fantasy Island episode where he meets the actual devil? Yes, I think it must be. <laughs> Played by Roddy McDowell. Oh, well, that's just what that's just great casting. I mean, I'd watch Roddy McDowell read the, the phone book, which I believe he did several times just to make rent. <laughs> um so yeah, a, as you might imagine, the opening and, and we had to search this on YouTube. I did pay for it on YouTube. Yeah, it's like for, it's like three dollars. For whatever reason, Chips is, you know, locked in the Disney vault. I, I think Sony owns it. But for whatever reason, they just don't make it available everywhere. But and yet it was when I first brought this up, I think it was on Netflix. But uh, OK. Um, but if you were to believe just the opening credits of Chips, it's a show about highway patrol officers, but mainly their fun hobbies. Yes. It's just. They're sailing. They're playing volleyball. They're wearing, wearing very tiny bathing shorts. 
just the tiniest bathing shorts you can possibly get. It's just like, I need this, but for a 75 pound woman, could you give that to me? That would be great. Uh, I, it should be noted that this particular episode was directed by John Aston. Uh, actor, uh, father of Sean Astin, and uh, of course, uh, you know, the head of the Adams family for many years, uh, and uh, also played the judge in The Frighteners, uh, a movie we should cover one day. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm down for that. Yeah, I, The Frighteners is fucking awesome. Um, no one at Universal got it at the time, by the way. Yeah, no, that definitely, say. that definitely, uh, you know, was a victim of very bad marketing. Yeah, well, I mean, it was supposed to be a Tales from the Crypt movie, and then I, but I don't think if you put Tales from the Crypt, The Frighteners, it would have made any difference. It also had Michael J. Fox in it, for Christ's sakes, not too far from you know his highest point. So I'm, it's a good movie. It just I think people did not know what to make of it. They didn't know what to make of an R-rated Beetlejuice style horror comedy with a guy with a Hitler haircut. <laughs> yes. Uh, a great guy with a Hitler haircut uh, who gives, I mean, that monologue that he gives about what the cult did to him is Oscar worthy. Yeah. In my mind. Yeah. It's, it's one of the greatest dramatic monologues in the middle of a ghost comedy you're ever going to come across. Oh, what were we talking about again? Chips. Rock devil rock. Rock devil rock. Um, so we open here on crowds outside of Los Angeles's John Anson Ford Theater. Uh, John Anson Ford Theater, come for the show. Stay, because parking is a fucking nightmare that you can't avoid here. Um, this is, uh, according to a banner, a Halloween matinee. Because <laughs> all best Halloween events take place in broad daylight. Right, no, nothing spookier than a concert at 2 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> Just... <laughs> obviously they could not book something at night and they sure as shit didn't want to pay people to show up at night and they didn't want to do the stunt at night. So they're like, how do we make a spooky concert happen? Well, let's say it's a Halloween matinee. Now, according to the timeline of this, the Halloween matinee takes place two to three days before <laughs> Halloween. That's uh, I wouldn't, as far as marketing goes, not their best move to say Halloween matinee, October 29th. It's, it's not great. Um, but uh, it does make you wonder what the fuck else these dummies are doing at night. Like, you have other plans. Like, if you're an adult you're and you want to go to a Moloch concert, you're like, let's take off work. Let's not go at night. We have other plans. <laughs> I just don't think Moloch fans are people who are like, I don't know. They had to work that night at, at Arby's. Who's to say? <laughs> but I did enjoy the protester signs. Yes. In in <laughs> although my favorite my favorite one was uh was um one that was in favor of Moloch. Yeah. That it said Moloch is the devil's delight. <laughs> <laughs> All the signs are in the same font, whether it's pro Moloch or anti Moloch. Yeah, like they're all a, clearly written by the same hand. Yes, they they all went to the praying to the same prop shop. And <laughs> this includes We Love Moloch, Stop Devil Music, and my personal fave, which is slightly different than yours, was Moloch is the most. 
Now here we have to mention that uh, it, this episode for me hit a whole lot of weird nostalgia buttons. Okay. But only of the shittier parts of my childhood. <laughs> like, like not like not like personally shitty. Right. But like it, it hits on a whole lot of scaremongering that sure. was happening at the time when we were children. Mm-hmm. Um, we would have been 10 or 11 around this time. Um, so yeah. you've got the devil's music. Yeah. You've got backtracking, which <laughs> is supposedly you could hear messages from the devil if you played certain songs backwards. Yeah. And you've got that, that you, you've got that, uh, that evergreen, they're putting broken glass in the Halloween candy, <laughs> which I may point out is a mystery they set up uh-huh. that they did not solve. No, no. <laughs> they they just don't, let, it was just left completely ignored. <laughs> just completely ignored. It is only an excuse to get to, to this other subplot in which they enlist a child to watch smaller children trick or treat in the middle of the fucking day. Yeah, it, 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 but, and it, apparently, I don't know when this other child who, who you know, you apparently you know, swallow broken glass and now needs surgery, which yeah. I don't know what kind of surgery one would need to have, you know, swallow broken glass. He looks fine, <laughs> a little tired. <laughs> but, he looks you know, like a tired farmer. A yeah, tired at what time farmer. was he trick-or-treating? Yeah, it's the day before fucking Halloween. What is happening here in the timeline? I, do, I don't understand why... The highway patrol is involved in this. This is not a highway patrol problem. No, unless the person's giving out candy on a motorcycle, <laughs> then it's, it's not their jurisdiction. Yes, unless they're out on the 101 tossing glass-laden gummies at people into their cars. This is not what you need a motorized patrolmen for. That is a police or sheriff's department problem, kids. But yeah, like '90s kids, you know, you had like, like you, know, you had fun, you know, you know, stuff that was supposedly happening with the young folks, like, like cuddle puddles and rainbow <laughs> parties and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. We had the devil's music. <laughs> now, did anyone ever attempt to summon a devil or demon uh, by playing a record backwards in your presence? No, I mean, I had that one kid in high school who walked around, you know, with the, with, you know, the satanic Bible prominently displayed, <laughs> but I didn't hang out with that guy. So he didn't, he didn't, uh, he never, he never got to be like, you know, play like, uh, uh, what was this? What was a big one? Um, a stairway to heaven, I yeah. think was the, was the one where you could play it backwards or, uh, you know, various Ozzy Osbourne and Judas Priest songs. Yes. Uh, my neighbor, John, uh, who went by JD. Uh, like he sounds he, like he sounds like a bad egg already. No, actually, I think he was a perfectly okay guy. <laughs> I just think he uh, he was into various heavy metal albums of of the time, and uh, he was like, "Have you heard this?" I'm like, "No, I've I've never heard that before in my life." He goes, "Well, we should we at least owe it to ourselves to try it," and I was like. I mean, I don't have anything else to do, and you're three years older than me, so you must know what you're doing. Clearly, you think I'm cool, so I will do whatever you say. I don't know that he did think I was cool. I think he was honestly trying to scare me, and I was too dumb to get it. (laughs) I was just rock stupid, and so I just sat down on the floor, got, fire it up, let's see what happens, Uh, and nothing happened. 
but we did not summon a demon. I did fall out of his uh, treehouse, though, on my head on a rock. One of these days, because it's a little too it's a little too long of a story for a, a Patreon episode, but but uh, I I will have to tell my story about how I thought I summoned the devil with a Ouija board. <laughs> I know. Just hold me to that sometime. The next time, the next time we do a uh, a a uh, you know an occult themed uh-huh. film, I know we don't do them often, but next time no. we do, uh, you remind me of that. It's a little too, it's a little too long for this format. Yeah, I mean we're opening up the. <laughs> We we can't do 80s slashers for it. no no we have to broaden we got to, we, we burned through all the good ones already <laughs> <laughs> I know <laughs> someone on Facebook was like you, there's too many slasher franchises for you to for you guys to do when I threatened to quit and <laughs> and I said oh no we 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 hit the big ones we're done <laughs> we're good we can spread our wings we're fine we're doing chips now <laughs> that's what the audience <laughs> wants. Uh, thank you everyone for sticking around. <laughs> uh, it's been stressful around here. Okay. But anyways, uh, what were we talking about again? Oh, that's right. Moloch. Moloch is played by Donnie most. Donald most. Don- thank you very much. Donald. The Donald most. The most Donald of happy days fame. So, you know, if you're looking for an actor who is qualified to sit on it, I don't think there's anyone more qualified than Donnie Most. Yeah, he is uh, playing a uh, basically Kiss if they didn't want to get sued. Yes, it's Kiss, but a a little dash of Sergeant Kabuki Man. (laughs) Wearing a frizzy uh, curly wig. uh, Oh, yeah, this wig is amazing. I, I mean, it really holds up when he dunks himself in a pool. So his wig guy, top notch. Yeah. And he, he, you know, he's got the, yeah, it is kind of more Kabuki makeup, isn't it? Well, I mean, I mean, I think it's all, it's meant to really evoke kiss. But, well, yeah, yeah. yeah especially when he, come when out he occasionally performs a backup band. Right. And his band, his band's makeup is, um, we don't want to get too close. Is <laughs> how I just describe their makeup. One of them kind of looks like a baseball fury, and that's as cool as it gets. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, Moloch's hit single is Devil Take Me, mm-hmm. with the most excellent chorus, Devil Take Me, Heaven's the Pits. <laughs> um, And you get to hear it three times, yeah. all the way through. Yeah, th- this is, as a lot of... 80s TV shows, which had an episode took place in the music industry. This is written by someone who has no idea how the music industry works. No, he, really he, he, it is both somehow devil take me is somehow both a hit single that, that is enough for him to tour on. And yet he's still also in the process of recording it, which <laughs> mm, I mean, I don't really know anything about the music industry either, but I don't think that's how that works. No, I mean he he's kind of finished the album, but not quite. But they he doesn't want to tour as if like he's burned out on the process. He's a star, but he's going to get big. I don't. Is this his second album? Is it his first? I don't. They just for all the talking they do, it's all mixed up. Whether or not he's an actual star. Or he's just come out the gates with a hot single that hasn't been released, but he's also selling out the this 
theater in the middle of the afternoon and he has protesters. Populated entirely by audience members who do not look like they listen to Kiss. Oh, I do not know where they grabbed this audience <laughs> B-roll, but it, was, it looks like for the Us Festival, it just it is not taking place in the same locale that the actual concert is. No. Absolutely uh, no, not. they blew their. It may even be. It may even be just stock footage for all I know. <laughs> I'm. I'm very sure it is uh, B-roll that they have purchased. Um, but another it, it component, like a Fleetwood Mac concert or something. <laughs> <laughs> and wh- whenever they got it from, it does fit the actual beat of "Devil Take Me," so they've got that going for them. But they also repeat the same footage, so you see the same guy with the darkened lenses bopping along, <laughs> clapping to it twice. <laughs> Here's a component of Moloch's sort of aesthetic that I don't understand. And I'm hoping that you can help me figure this out. So obviously the face paint, a big part of the sort of kiss Alice Cooper look. Okay. But they haven't stopped there. He's wearing a red LeMay costume. Yes. And then on top of that, they've decided to paint the top of his hands so that his hands are doing blackface. <laughs> I, is this, it's like, he's reaching is like, does he, is he a chimney sweep? Why, why would you put makeup on the top of his hands, but I, leave his chest alone? Like, I know this guy's white. So what is the point of the, black hands it just looks spooky he does not i don't think it does he he does not look spooky not not in the slightest i mean i could see you know i can kind of see you know as clownish as they seem to me i could see you know you know a midwestern mom in the 70s being like you know really frightened by how kiss looks yeah but no one is thinking this guy looks terrifying or someone you don't want around your children or anything (laughs) like that I mean, he looks, he looks like exactly what he's doing, which is parodying kiss. Yes, very much so. And it gets even worse when, when you see the sort of stagecraft that they've put on with this, his band, it's just like, he's got a bassist, he's got a drummer, he's got a guitarist. We never meet them. We never talk to them. They're not a real part of this. He's got a hearse that has a lovely paint job that they hired someone to do. Of course it says 666 on it. Yes. And then on the stage, you have an altar, a little cup of something so he can uh, spit fire at one point, and loose corn cobs. Just loose corn cobs. (laughs) What is the loose corn cobs for? Are they they offerings to the devil? Is this a harvest festival? Are are we throwing cow pot? Cow, fuck. I ruined the joke. Are we throwing cow patties later? I mean, you know, it does kind of look like he's playing like the, the state fair circuit. <laughs> and there's just, anything you'll find a state fair. Right. That's right. So, but there should also be uh, corn dogs and turkey legs and deep fried Oreos on the stage. That's then. true. That's true. Uh, those are the things that you look for at, at, at a, uh, a county fair. Um, so we already talked about we already talked about how this is not something, a job for chips uh, to be doing. Um, but we meet yet another replacement person in the cast, and that is Kathy. She's the lady chip 
in the group. With a with an absolutely irritating baby voice. <laughs> it's, it's not great. It's not great. Um, but you know, she's uh, there to basically. So you know, I'm, I'm just going to put it bluntly. She will, you know, she's basically there to fuck any of the chips that will take her. <laughs> she is constantly just eyeballing them up and down. All of them. All of them. She's a chips cheerleader, as it were. Uh, but she's also begin a, given a nightstick, and she's very apprehensive about using it against those protesters. Something I wish carried on to today's police, but well, yeah. sadly, not so much. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so... Uh, when uh, Ponch and Hot Dog show up, Jesus fucking Christ! <laughs> she tells Ponch and Hot Dog uh, that quote: uh, "Half this crowd wants to kill him, and half the crowd wants to kill him. Kiss him. Kiss him. No, half the crowd wants to kill him, and half the crowd wants to kiss him. No, no, no. no. I refuse to believe that. <laughs> no, Gina, this is the game we're playing. It's called." Do you want to kill Moloch or kiss Moloch? I absolutely want to kill Moloch. I do too. Uh, I I do not want. Even to when it comes, even, even when it turns out that he is not lying and he he is a victim here, I, I am not moved. <laughs> He's also not acting like someone who isn't Donnie Most in Sergeant Kabuki Man. <laughs> He's unthreatening in every single way and it sort of stops and starts at donnie most yeah i'm not sure why this this casting decision was made i mean i suppose and by, <laughs> he was I suppose, available i suppose by 83 you were still like hey donnie most <laughs> yeah <I'm> like <laughs> we got to get somebody that the tv audiences know and love donnie most sure for the rock star role no that'll be great yeah, like I, when I was uh, doing old TV shows for my blog, I watched some sort of uh, um, Paul Lind take on on uh, the night before, was the night before Christmas, uh-huh. and just for no reason whatsoever, other than it aired on the same network he was on, like Posse shows up in it, <laughs> and the audience is like, "Woo!" <laughs> oh my god, Posse! <laughs> it's just like, oh, that was a time. <laughs> I don't know if I want to kill you or kiss you. <laughs> and it's a question we still ask ourselves to this day. Um, I will give Donnie most this. The best acting he does in this episode is throat acting. Because when he's singing, it looks like every vein and every artery and every ligament is out for show. <laughs> It's like he's been training. Like, do you see how fit my neck is? Yeah, it's the most it's the most exhausting lip syncing I've ever seen. <laughs> really? Because that that, 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 that that made his pipes. Yeah. Oh man, the the amount of shoe leather for a lead singer to drive himself home after a concert is yeah. I love that he he's a hot he's the hottest new act in town, but he drives himself home. <laughs> You know, he's gonna still his in, own prop still in full makeup with the wig on. <laughs> They're I not mean, giving him a limo. He's not. He's not gonna take a shower. It's just straight in in the in the. I don't. I don't know wagon. if you ever. I don't know if you ever done like. Uh, well, you've done theater, so you've you yes. probably worn like like the pancake makeup and shit. Sure. You are taking. Yeah, no, you, I was. You are taking kid. that I, off the, the minute you are done. Whatever oh, you, no, you no. have to do on stage. Listen, after after various uh, performances, I was one of those dorks 
who would go out to eat at the diner with all with, my makeup. With the makeup on Patrick. I was not cool and remain blissfully uncool to this day. I just could feel my skin cracking. That's why I had to, I had to take it off. Uh, yeah, I didn't know any better. Uh, I was a big dummy. Um, with, speaking of star power, uh, the... The Hollywood Squares' own Peter Marshall is here in a rare acting role. And I say rare because his performance is very undercooked. He And, and, and yet you will figure out the twist of this <laughs> in this in this episode the minute he appears on screen. No, and I think it's a problem because he's almost the only other person who talks in this particular subplot, in the A plot. So it has to be him. There's literally no other suspects other than Donnie Most doing it to himself. Right. You have two choices. That that's it. Because they weren't they, in this family friendly TV show. They were not going to make it the actual literal devil. Yeah. No. <laughs> but that would have been cool if if they really decided for the Halloween episode that Satan himself was like. I'm going to take care of this one guy. <laughs> I'm fucking sick of it. <laughs> this guy's going down. Um, it appears that, yeah, Moloch does not want to tour on this new album. Not that we know that there was a previous one. So, uh, devil take me on vacation. Devil take me to the Bahamas. Who knows where the devil wants to take him in these lyrics. We'll never find out. Uh, but, so uh Ponch and Hot Dog are driving Moloch along what I would technically not call an actual highway. That would be a road that they've closed off. So uh so uh yeah, and then Moloch his you know his tape player starts playing by itself. Yes. And, and there's a message, Moloch must die. Yes. He's listening to his own song. After he's just spent five minutes playing it to other people. It's like, oh, I got to drink this in. I love this gig so much. And then pink smoke starts erupting <laughs> from, from the radio. My favorite part about this whole scene is when he kind of flags down Ponch and John and opens his window and like and like smoke billows out. And Ponch leads and says, what's wrong? <laughs> <laughs> What's uh what's happening here? <laughs> it seems like a lot of smoke for one car, feller. <laughs> and why is it pink? What's the haps? You want to pull over maybe a little bit? <laughs> but it turns out that Moloch cannot stop his own car. It, it is speeding up and the brakes have been tampered with. And so you know, this is a real problem. He's veering in and out of traffic. No one knows what to do. Hot dogs, like, what are we going to do? And Ponch has a, a very simple plan. Abandon his own motorcycle and attempt to climb into this other car that has no brakes. Of course it works. <laughs> and pull out Moloch. Yes. And then, and then uh, what is his real name? Like Nick or something like that? I think he, he reveals his real name at the end of the episode. Yeah, I, I forgot to write it down. Um, I didn't care about and it. And put him, get back on the motorcycle. Yeah. And then drive away. And somehow this, this car with failed brakes is going to politely drive around other cars. 
and then then you know drive off the median. No, it just goes off on its own accord, and we're never threatened with oh my god, that's the end of the road up ahead. That would have been a simple enough thing, but they don't do that. So it just kind of keeps on driving until it hits a fence. Kind of slowly and, drips into a ditch, and then of course it explodes. <laughs> just instantly hits soft, wet grass, and then explodes. It's <laughs> <laughs> the most you know, casual explosion you'll ever see. <laughs> it really is like, ah, uh, uh, boom. <laughs> I mean, why didn't it explode before? Was it always meant to explode? It's not the crash that should cause it to explode, but uh, well, maybe that was what it, maybe it was whatever was causing the smoke to billow out. The pink smoke. The pink smoke. Yes, but if you're going, that's the thing. If you're going to kill him, why not just put a bomb in the car and have it explode? Well, the bomb comes later. True, but you know, like, if you needed to kill this dude. And your goal is like, oh, I'm going to have him like he drives away in this hearse. Put the put a car bomb in the hearse and blow him up. Yeah. That's I mean, this is one of those. Yeah. And again, this is this is a, you know, something of 80s you know, mystery shows or you yeah. know, action shows where the villain has a, a absurdly elaborate plot. Yes. Uh, an, an elaborate plot that he doesn't have a backup to. And he's like, oh, give me a couple days. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll figure out how to really kill this guy off. Uh, thank goodness uh, Peter Marshall is in hot pursuit of this and uh, has an entire Lincoln Continental full of the media so they can give an impromptu uh, press conference in front of this gate out by LAX. It's just very weird. <laughs> Cut to candy corn. It's the captain and it's Ponch. It's hot dog. It's Kathy. Again, the entire day shift of the California Highway <laughs> Patrol. Just chilling. When, just chilling. When they're done, the highways are on their own. It's Mad Max out there. When they're <laughs> when it's time for candy corn, no one else is available. And at one point, hot dog says, Ponch, what do you want me to put in the report? The devil dude it. Yeah, for Dude. some reason, so for some reason, like this guy just like, yeah, I don't fucking believe what this person says. <laughs> yeah. Which is really, you know, which is really the attitude you want from a police officer. <laughs> that, you know, what you have told me is the most ridiculous thing that I've ever heard, and I'm not going to believe it. But I mean, here's the the thing though, is that the captain is not listening to Ponch when he says, I saw his face. He was scared. You can't fake fear. I, I'm pretty sure you can. It's called acting. That, that is not. That is. Not. Let's let's point out we a little bit of trivia. The captain. Uh-huh. Yes. Chris Pine's dead. Oh, that's right. I forgot all about that. So the because the does that mean that Chris Pine grew up Mormon? Possibly. Oh. Well, now I have something to talk about when I run into Chris Pine because we run in the same circles. Also in the cast is uh, is Paul Link yes. from uh, Kill by Kill MVP for appearing in in, uh, in a Motel, Motel Hell as a bafflingly rapey hero. <laughs> and a, as unconvincing as he was as a sheriff in that, he remains unconvincing. He's even less convincing. <laughs> as a highway 
patrol cop. I mean, you never see this guy in an actual motorcycle. He's kind Probably of the village idiot of the of the of the police station. Yeah. I mean, he's just kind of like the goofus, the the yokel that they all laugh at. It's just around to have someone whose uniform is barely conforming to mandates. And, and yeah, and everybody's don't. uniform is like a size too small. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. there is some serious moose knuckling action going on this episode. <laughs> There's very little difference between the chips uniforms here and the uniforms that they put people in uh, Buck Rogers in the 25th century. Yeah, well, the show is ostensibly meant to be a uh, a family show, which is yeah. why uh, a guest star we had not mentioned yet uh, has her her costume a little bit altered <laughs> in a way slightly. that that is both hilarious and obvious, um, but also like you know this little something for the ladies. Yeah. So <laughs> the the men's outfits and then like their casual out of uniform outfits are even tighter. Yeah, that that is a, a weird thing. Apparently, none of the cast or crew of Chips was told that the seventies had ended three years prior. Yeah, so you've got like you've got like the the, the 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 shirts button unbuttoned halfway down the chest. Yeah, it's really odd. They look completely out of step with the times. I mean, Miami Vice will air next year. That's how. Out of tune this is with the times. <laughs> they look yeah, it's like it basically in the, basically feet. in the world of chips, like this 1978 forever. Yes, they're just hot tubbing for all time <laughs> eternal. Um, yeah, Paul Paul Link shows up and he looks like he's got cooked eggs all over him, but it turns out he ran over a pumpkin. He wants to send a, a child to jail. <laughs> <laughs> yes, wanted to set up this child on murder charges, attempted murder charges, because of a pumpkin in the road that he ran over. Uh, that child is named Flippy. Flippy, played by uh, played by Metallica bassist Robert Trujillo. <laughs> that that's not weird enough. <laughs> Oh my God! Uh, apparently, he had quite a career for himself at one point in time. Uh, he was also in Encino Man, playing infectious grooves bassist. This is this is the uh, this is the you know the guest starring role that would normally have been played by Mino Peluche. <laughs> and if you know who Mino Peluche is, that you're is a, really fucking old. That is a deep fucking hole, <laughs> Gina. Holy shit. <laughs> but you knew what I was talking about. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, apparently, Robert also ended up in suicidal tendencies. So, yeah. He had well, a- about both bands inspired by Moloch. <laughs> both bands would never have come to fruition without Moloch. So, there you go, kids. <laughs> it all makes sense. Um, yeah, For and then at one point, um, they while they're arguing whether or not Moloch is actually telling the truth or not. Um, uh, Ponch tells a story of how he was uh, riding his bicycle home and nearly hit a woman in his old neighborhood while he was carrying potatoes and they were cursed and therefore the devil is real. <laughs> <laughs> That's a real monologue in this program that that really exists he's like 
listen, crazy things can happen. My potatoes were cursed by a witch. Like, <laughs> okay, I believe you less now. Uh, but then it turns out that hot dog uh, has his, his, uh, his motorhome is haunted by a bird. <laughs> Which won't be the last time we talk about a bird tonight. I mean, I, inappropriate I, I, home bird. I still like, you know, I would still honestly freak out if like a, a, a crow got into my home. Yeah. Yes. It's disturbing. Because crows, you know, traditionally symbolize not good things. So, <laughs> so whether it got in through a, through a vent or not, I, I would still be like, okay, I need to like burn some sage or something. Yeah. Like death, foreboding, um, uh, candy corn. What else? Did <laughs> You know, uh, you know, murderous, murderous ghosts, you know, vengeful ghosts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Rockwell, all sorts of things <laughs> um, are what they foretold. Um, so it turns out that they salvaged the cassette tape and the tape deck. Um, and we learned this when Hot Dog is walking down, walking down the, the sort of hallway of Chip's headquarters. And Captain comes out and says, what are you doing? And he goes, oh, they salvaged the tape deck. It was still intact. 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 Not intact. Intact. Do you want a second take of that? No. We didn't. Listen, hot dog's good for one take. Season six, we're on the way out. Even though in another scene, I'm pretty sure the captain said that they couldn't save anything from the car. (laughs) Yeah. No, but they could save the cassette tape. Which seems that would be a pretty big deal. Yeah, you would think. You you would think that evidence would be in the report, but apparently the captain wanted to bury that. I'm not sure. Maybe he's in on it. Maybe him and Peter Marshall have a side deal going. But but you you just spoiled it. (laughs) The fuck, man? Sorry. Uh, spoiler alert for an episode of television that came out in October of 1983. Peter Marshall did it. Spoiler alert if you are both blind and hard of hearing. <laughs> if you've never seen a television show or a movie ever before in your life. Yeah. Knives out. This is not. Let's just put it that way. There's very little mystery to what is happening here. What is a mystery is who convinced Cassandra Peterson to show up in this episode. Well, she, was, she was still, how long has she been, has she been doing the Elvira part at this point? I mean, I, if I sort of remember correctly, this is around the time that she started showing up on channel nine at four o'clock in the afternoon on Saturdays uh, and doing Elvira. Um, I'm not entirely sure when that exactly started. Let me see if I can look that up real fast. Um, Movie Macabre started in 1981. So this is two years into it. So she probably was not entirely like known nationwide yet. I mean, I think she had had shown up in various places. Oh, wait a second. She was another episode. This is of not Chips, the so. first time that she shows up on Chips. <laughs> and yet, like, everybody acts like they've never met her before. No, no one looks like they met her. There's an episode called Things That Go Creep in the Night that also has Elvira in it. Uh, 
and this is episode 21. So this is twice this season she shows up. So she made an impression. An investigation into an amnesiac's past is enlivened by spooky dealings at the home of an eccentric comic book creator. Why Why would Highway Patrolmen need to be involved in that? I think they gave up all sort of anything having to do with whether or not this was a real thing. <laughs> it's just, uh, they, they stopped worrying about that a long time ago. Uh, it should be noted that Cassandra Peterson, uh, that while she's best known for... Elvira. She was an early groundling uh, right along the same time that Pee Wee Herman was coming into Vogue. Um, She's a great improv actress and she's a fantastic human being on top of it. Cassandra Peterson is top notch. Yes. She rockets to the top forever. She's the Uh, only one that gets out of this episode with her dignity intact. She is without a doubt the best actor in this program hands down every time she's in it you feel like you're in the hands of a of a professional whereas everyone else you're like do they know their lines and when it comes to hot dog he doesn't well yeah yeah i mean you could tell she's a good actor because she has to act like she's attracted to Podge. <laughs> now i will defend eric estrada and he's easy on the eyes I just don't think his his attitude is particularly I think he's a little too competent in himself yes. And, and, yeah. and, you know, that that's, that could be a turnoff. <laughs> I believe you. Um, yeah. Like, uh, he, like when he approaches women, he's got, you know, the hip cocked out. He's got the blinding white teeth on. <laughs> he, he's a little bit like an action figure. Brought to glorious life. Yes, very much so. Um, at one point, Donnie Most uh, looks into a mirror and says, Devil, I want to tongue your tail. What does that mean? Wow, I think I missed that. Is this an analingus reference on this family program? Fuck if I know, man. (laughs) I don't know. But I must have been having that meeting with Peter Marshall, and he's like, I don't think I want to do, you know, I don't think I want to do this. Okay, okay, I'll do it for old time's sake. And then the makeup artist is halfway done and he puts on the wig and he looks in the mirror and goes, Devil, I want to tongue your tail. Oh, okay. I remember that part. I wasn't quite sure what he said. Wow. Uh, That's what I heard. If someone else has a better interpretation for this episode that is very hard to watch, (laughs) go for it. Um, uh, When it comes to publicity stunts, I don't think um, faking your choking and then letting a blood bag go is going to get you the press you want. Yeah, no, no, I don't, I don't quite follow that, 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 uh, that line of thinking. Yeah. Like in cream magazine, they're going, Oh, you wouldn't believe this. He was saved by a, a highway patrol officer for some fucking reason. A lot of like times, again, like a lot of, <laughs> there was an episode of, uh, of, um, law and order that even, even went down this route where it suggested that if a, a musician died, Mm-hmm. that they would sell more records. And and I don't know what the following of, of the, I don't know what the logic of that is. Yes. Where you, you have to, the best way you can sell out is to have your star die spectacularly. Yeah. I can't, I mean, that is not, that is a, a entertainment fiction. 
I don't know that that really works out in real life. There is a certain thing of uh, musicians who die early on, but they were stars at the time they died. Right. Like the, and yes, it's Peter Marshall. You you will know that immediately. Um, (laughs) He looks very guilty throughout. His plan is to have Moloch die. And somehow this will turn him into a legend of rock. Who who will eternally sell albums? Yeah, and I mean, I could go down a list of you know a lot of you know bands who you know lost a member relatively early on, and I mean, yeah, you, know, you got your your Blind Melons, you yeah. got your Sublimes, you know, which you know, yeah, they did pretty well for a little while, but. The, the, the manager is carrying on like he's going to be like Elvis. Like he, he just like, you know, you know, people are going to be so taken by the story of this, you know, this young musician taken far too soon that, you know, possibly killed by the devil himself. And yeah. it's like, no, <laughs> I mean, for a little yeah. while, fine. But, but, you know, like they're going to remember you forever. Yeah. I mean, how many, That's how a- many, you know, young people are discovering Elvis now. And that's Elvis. <laughs> Very true. Very true. Um, yes. When we played Elvis for Oliver, he's like, is this good? <laughs> <laughs> Some of it is okay. It's not like the Beatles where he, he will request the Beatles or request uh, some of the soul music that he used to play for him as, as a small child, but um, no, he's never gone back to the Elvis well uh, ever. And no, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, rather than try to, you know, continue managing this person's career and boosting him to a superstar status, well, we'll just kill him off. That'll make it easier. We'll make more <laughs> money that way. Will you? Yeah, would you really make more money off of killing him than with, forcing him with, to tour? Recording one album? Yeah, couldn't you put somebody else in the fucking makeup and just pay off Donnie most? That seems like an easier gig. And then you don't have paunch and hot dog on your tail. <laughs> you know what I mean? I can't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real fucking thing. It, it was weird how much of Chips flashed back to me watching this episode. It was sad. And yeah, they, they, they went, they went with the, uh, they went with the, the Dukes of Hazard. These, these people won't know the difference. No. What's one blonde guy with a hair, butt uh, as opposed <laughs> to another one, they're all the same. Um, so uh, Flippy who's given the job of observing other children while they trick or treat because they've heard that biker gangs are stealing kids candy. And lo and behold, we later see him escorting children who appear to be his exact same age. I still don't understand this. One is a Zorro. One is a princess. One is a devil. And one looks like a barfly who claims to be a record producer, but isn't, I don't, He he looks like there there was this one package that we found uh, at a a dollar store. It was a Halloween costume that was called Instant Hobo. And it looks like that. It looks like Instant Hobo. (laughs) Uh, These kids, lo and behold, 
one of their candy bags is stolen, not by a biker gang, but by a 14-year-old on a 10-speed. Yeah. Who just, like, you know, comes by the bicycle and just, like, snatches the bag out of the kid's hand. Yeah. And then Flippy pulls another kid off of his 10-speed and is in hot pursuit after him. Now, you can all tell where this is going. You have two children on 10-speed bikes racing after one another. This is a common tale. One of them veers in front of traffic. The other one gets stuck underneath a gas truck. And then another car careens off of two other cars into it. And it starts a gas fire and it explodes. Tale as old as time. Yeah. And and somehow, even though uh, Moloch's car explodes immediately... The gas truck gives, gives allows enough time for Ponch to rescue Flippy. You really, and yes, and not only that, but Hot Dog in rescuing the young woman from the car that has flipped over grabs a lot of ass getting that girl <laughs> out of that car. It's like, whoa, whoa, Hot Dog. Um, oh my God. So there's your, you've got two big stunts for the episode. That's all they can afford. And we use Flippy to get to it. Let's get back to our main plot. Let's really ramp this up. Now, they're going to, instead of going on tour, uh, Marshall has uh, devised a way that uh, he can at least profit off of Moloch. And that is to film what he refers to as a promotional film or the rest of humanity would call a music video. Yeah, I don't know why they thought that uh, that that was something that was uh, that was protected by copyright. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Everything about this episode, though, screams we don't want to be we don't want to be accused of copyright violation. <laughs> no, we can't. They're, we they're can't afraid. afford. We can't afford a, a a copyright lawsuit. They're afraid of being sued by the California Highway Patrol, by rock and roll in general, by the devil. <laughs> yeah, the devil has the best lawyers. And um, so at one point, uh, Moloch, Dan- Donnie Most, is prepping his fire uh, spitting gag. And it requires two mix- two things to be put together in mixture. And one requires just two drops of this other chemical. And Peter Marshall comes up to me and says, are you being careful? And Donnie Most says, yeah, I'm being squeaky careful. That's not a term. That's not a term human beings say squeaky careful. Do you want to take two? Nope. We we don't have time. We have, to, we have to shut down at 5 p.m. sharp. <laughs> listen, listen, Eric Estrada has dinner reservations in Venice. He has got to go. Um, <laughs> and this music video makes uh, uh, Benny Mardones's Into the Night look like Madonna's Vogue. It is a room with some curtains in it. There's nothing happening in this space. This uh, this sound mixing studio on the Sony lot, I'm assuming. Um, but I, I guess it's a bomb or it's poison. I don't know what well, the it explodes thing is. when uh, I, I another thing I missed was how did they how did Ponch and Hot Dog figure out that it was figure out that it was the manager i think i missed that part i don't know that well no they must have figured out that it was the manager i guess because the backward masking because i don't know i don't know i don't know that they ever say out loud it's got to be the producer they just know that donnie most is in trouble 
So they break into this recording studio. Ponch, being the lead of the show, saves Donnie most by knocking the the canister out of his hand and it explodes. And then hot dog arrests <laughs> Peter Marshall for, for reasons. And, you know, and, and, and Moloch is just kind of, oh, well, okay, right, I guess my manager was trying to kill me this whole time. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You know, I got it. You know, who who'd want to put up with me, I suppose. And they're they all like look at one another and like it's another day on the job for the people who solve highway crime. <laughs> and that's it. And luckily they, they get to chill out at a party <laughs> because everybody is apparently off duty. Everyone is off duty. This is and, weird. And this is weirder than remember, remember the episode. I mean, it's a chilling episode, but it's one that also kind of drives me a little mad too. The episode of ER where they had a Valentine's Day party. And, oh. and the and the two of the people, two of the doctors get stabbed, and like one of them eventually dies. Oh, and they're no. they are blasting music in this ER. <laughs> and it's like, do you not have patience in here right now? <laughs> and it's like it was just such a weird thing. Like ER ER is pretty accurate. And then, like, well, no, we, we want this to happen at a party for some reason. So we're gonna have this this party with music and snacks in the middle of the ER. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, no. But yeah, it's um, like I, everybody's off duty. Uh, yeah, wearing these like elaborate, yeah, every, co- wearing these elaborate costumes were, that were apparently made the day before. <laughs> well, Kathy knows someone who works at a studio, is the excuse that we're given. But we are also treated to everyone's dancing in here. And if you have ever wanted to watch the most awkward dancing you've ever seen, oh, it's, in it's your white life, people dancing at its best. Uh, these are the whitest of the white people. It's just like a whole lot of people going hunk, 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 hunk <laughs> across the floor. Elvira is at the party because apparently the guy who planned the party was able to, to talk her into it because again, this is a family program. Somebody decided that she had, they had, that she was showing a little too much boobage. And so they just, you know, very subtly stick a, a spider web in her cleavage. <laughs> They have it, so it actually many, does the opposite. It draws your eyes more to her cleavage. Yeah, you're like wondering why does her cleavage look like a spider? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Now, again, Elvira was on in Los Angeles at 4 p.m. in the Well, they could have just given her a different costume. Yes, she's in different clothes the entire time. Just put her in a, a completely modified Elvira getup. Don't just put a a spider over her cleavage that's even weirder it oh my god and and the amount of time it takes for paunch hot dog and donnie most to walk across this room it, you're like oh my god you will believe three people can cross a party it's just given the most weight of anything in this episode and finally elvira is like I want to fuck you on the dance floor, Ponch. <laughs> and then Hot Dog's like, I want to get in on this action. <laughs> Hot Dog invites himself to their dance. And you're kind of like, I need, I know that Elvira can handle it. She's Elvira. But I don't think Ponch's ego can handle. Yeah, I don't think uh, Ponch into that. No, I think Hot Dog is invited. I believe Hot Dog's been a part of plenty of threesomes just because he looks like a himbo who would be hired by a rich couple. He's got that vibe. 
quite, I don't know, Bonch, I, I don't think he plays that game. Um, you know, Elvira owns her sexuality. She can do whatever she wants. <laughs> and that's rock. Hail Satan, rock. everyone. It's Satan. <laughs> it's quite possible that Satan may have been Peter Marshall. We just have to put that out there. That, that he might have been he might have been the literal devil? Yeah. I mean, I know. suppose. I mean, it would be the ultimate X takes the square, Gina. <laughs> that might be an older reference to me dropping Nino Pinoche. <laughs> Only the freshest and hottest, everyone. Yes. Always listen to an episode with a Wikipedia open because you're gonna need it to hit all those the references. Fuck are these folkies talking about. <laughs> Fuck you, Boomer. We're Jedi. <laughs> uh, so that just about does it. The reason why we had to do this episode is because yeah. the winner of our of our you picked a movie unfortunately did not respond to our email. Yeah. So, um, uh, what I would recommend that the folks who were at the ten dollar or more level, or folks that are planning on being at the ten dollar or more level at some point. Uh, check your email with Patreon because um, you may have an old email address and we let people know if they won the drawing by email. Um, yeah. So yeah, we kind of had to do this as a rush job because um, we, we just didn't get a response from our winner this month. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, check your emails, make sure they are current because we don't want to not give everyone the chance to do, to, uh, do this very fun thing. Uh, yeah, please. Uh, and we appreciate everyone here on Patreon. Uh, we appreciate your support. It makes this job infinitely easier. It keeps us free, uh, uh, our regular episodes and, uh, and allows us to do research and all that good stuff. And uh, hopefully in the future, we'll be doing more stuff on Patreon, uh, including maybe giving you some exclusive access to our upcoming t-shirt shop. Yeah, that's a real thing that's going to happen, y'all. I I, I, di- um, I died recently, so we had to we, we kind of had to set had a, hit a reset button on our plans for what we were going to do with Patreon. But it's but it's yes. going to happen. I'm feeling much. Better it's going to happen. It's going to happen. We're listen. Gina's alive. That means we have to fulfill our destiny now. Yes. That she she ascended to heaven and God pointed at her and said, "Get down there and do more podcasts." Yes. You need to talk uh, about chips. <laughs> Can you believe that one episode that Elvira's in and they covered up her boobs? <laughs> Back to Earth with you. <laughs> See you in five. What do you mean five? <laughs> it's my impression of Gina's near-death experience. Oh, uh, I'm getting signal from Oliver that it is time for me to go to dinner, and that means it's time to wrap it up. And uh, and uh, so thank you to all of our patrons. Uh, next month we'll be back with uh, who knows what we'll be doing. Probably an actual movie, or maybe not. I don't know. We've abandoned uh, all of our principles on the show and decided to just have fun. So uh, until then, for myself and for Gina, bye bye everybody. Bye.